This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude, so that's what you call me. Or you can call me Anthony, that's totally up to you. Today I got a very special show going. I have director of Famous Bartending School in New York, New Jersey. There are also other locations. Jesse Sings. Jesse, thank you so much for taking time out to be on my show. Anthony, thank you so much for having me. It's great to meet you. If uh, uh, people who listened to uh, last Saturday's podcast, Kaylin Whitney mentioned that you were her boss and director of this school and you pretty much built this school by yourself is that correct yeah uh kind of built it from scratch i was a i was in the restaurant business all my life my family was always in the restaurant business uh my father bought a uh, restaurant slash diner a couple of years ago about 20 some years ago and then it came with a bar so um I, I really wanted to learn the bar, so I actually went to a bartending school, and while I was taking and attending the course, I said to myself, I'm like, I can make this so much more fun and so much more interesting uh, than what I'm learning here, and then uh, after getting some experience, I did exactly that. So you started out as uh, in the restaurant industry. You're, it was a family business. or Correct, yeah. So um, uh, what age did you get started? So the, um, this is pretty crazy. Um, my dad bought his, or my dad always worked in a diner as a, uh, well, he started from the bottom and worked his way up. By, but by the time uh, I was 12 years old, he bought his first restaurant in Long Island, New Jersey, called the Greek Corner. And uh, surprisingly enough, I am not Greek. Uh, neither <laughs> is my father. <laughs> uh, I'm Indian. If you're not a doctor engineer in our family, you're a disgrace to the family. But uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, when he bought this restaurant, uh, being from an Indian family, you're really focused into studying and stuff like that. But um, I wasn't really interested in doing homework or reading books and stuff like that. So I always begged my dad to let me come to work with him to just help out. So I was 12, 13 years old, taking orders if the waitress called uh, called out, helping the grill guys, helping the kitchen guys, and uh, just learning the business and getting good with communication skills and then learn uh, just treating your guests right and making them feel welcome. Uh, is very uh, rewarding. I was uh, 12, 13, and I had enough money to buy candies for the whole class. Wow. Uh, you know? that's Well, that's a really awesome thing that you were able to uh, get the whole customer service uh, experience ingrained in your in your head sure. at a very young yeah. age. Because customer service is really hard to learn. You know what? Yeah, and you, would, you, you wouldn't expect it to be like so valuable and uh, so... Uh, interesting, and it definitely is. It could change someone's whole experience about the whole day or the the, uh, the product you're trying to sell. It's just just being yourself, being humble, and just uh, sharing your ideas with people with a smile on. Right, that's good, an excellent way to put it. Thank you, uh, thank you for that. So, I'm assuming once you got to uh, the proper age where you could serve alcohol, that's and uh, that's when you started. Absolutely. So I was 18 years old. It was the winter. Uh, Christmas around the corner, a little, uh, uh, you know, the winter vacation from college. Uh, my dad's like, you know, uh, we have a bar of the restaurant we bought. Why don't you learn how to bartend? Maybe you can start helping me out at the bar. 
And I said, yeah, absolutely. It sounds so cool. <laughs> hey, I want to tell my friends I'm a bartender. You know? <laughs> uh, come party with me. So I went to a school in Woodbridge, New Jersey called National Bartending School. Amazing school. Taught me a lot. Gave me the foundation of what I need to know. And um, two weeks of training, learning the material. Started off at my bar about 15, 16 years ago. First night where I was nervous, stupid nervous, yeah, seriously nervous, and everyone was throwing shit at me. But that's where the bartending school training came in. Like, you know, they got me ready for that pressure. And, uh, you know, you don't need bartending school, but you need the experience. And that's where I think it was so valuable because I didn't fold when all these people started screaming drinks and stuff like that. I pushed them out, kept the smile gone, kept my personality rolling. And uh, I ended up the first night walking away with $200 in tips in my pocket. And I made the business $500 in four hours, which is never made before. So I know I was, I knew I was on to something that, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great feat right there. It's an awesome feeling to have that much money in your pocket when you leave at night, isn't it? And especially cash. Yes. That's the best part. Yes. You know, and you, you didn't make that money by doing labor work or, you know, doing a cubicle work, boring and you're dreading it. I mean, every day I was interested in going to work and happy and excited unless I was hungover, but then I was motivated <laughs> to go there and have a shot and then start working. But other than that, it's like, I, I think everyone in their life once should at least experience bartending just because the social aspect of it, the networking of it, the fun of it, you're going to fall in love. Well, uh, well that, uh, I've always thought that everybody should be, should work in the restaurant industry yeah. at, uh, at one point in their life, no matter what, uh, how did Daniel Tosh put it that way? You would, uh, understand why your that extra ranch wasn't that important or sure. But, uh, <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, it would probably teach a lot of people to get along with other people. It, it's just amazing some, oh, some of the attitudes that the customers have when they come in. Got to have some patience. Oh, yes. So you, start, uh, you started out in your, uh, your dad's bar. Now, uh, talking about your, uh, your first experience with bar attending school, uh, the school you went to. Um, when I, I also went to a bartending school in Portland, Oregon. And oh, okay. uh, they... Put it out right away that we're going to teach you about a hundred drinks. The odds of you remembering more than fifteen of them when you leave are very slim. Uh, yeah. Do you agree with that? Um, I, I totally agree with that. But but at the same time, I feel like to be a bartender, of course, you need to know a hundred, two hundred drinks, or just understand the concept behind it. But then it comes down to the 12 to 15 drinks and learning the basics of how to build a cocktail. After that, every bar you're working for has a specific menu you're using and that you're going to be doing every day. So you just get used to that menu. So you don't need to know a hundred drinks. You just need to know the concept. Right. Uh, how to pour in a pre- exactly. uh, presentation. How, to pour, how ice works with cocktails, what the bases, what the classics are, what's, well, you know, every cocktail that's made is made from a classic with a twist. Right. So in your school, though, now, do you have the same mentality? Uh, you know, we're going to teach you a ton of drinks. If you remember this many, we'll be impressed. Or You know what? I'm very proud of one thing in my school that um, when I went to school, I felt like uh, was not there. And the, that's the reason a lot of people get discouraged from bartending schools. Um 
here's one thing. When I went to school, uh, to National Bartending School, when I was 18, I knew that that school could not get me a job because even though they're teaching me, everyone that I called for a job is going to require experience. Right. Uh, and luckily, my dad had a bar where I needed didn't need to search for a job. I had one. But that's what I created different at my place. So not only are we a school, but I'm the only school in the tri-state area. And, and I don't want to uh, – don't, don't mark my words on this, but I might be the only or one of the few schools in the country with a liquor license. So I'm not just a school. We're also a liquor license establishment. We can legally sell liquor um, you know, at, at our bar or lounge. And on, on top of that, I also opened up a event staff company. So I don't just train students. I think that's a part of it. You need to get them experience. So when you join our school, you're not just getting training. We're giving you experience before you graduate out there. I mean, or before you get out there, just so I can put some money back in your pocket, tell you how it feels to make that money, get you excited, show you the experience, and it really put some experience on your resume so you can look good out there. Right. That's, uh, yeah. When Kaylin was telling me about your school and she said that, uh, uh, she was doing traveling bartending under the school's name. I thought that's a brilliant idea. Uh, absolutely. And you know, just for people to gain experience because, uh, I'm not talking bad about bartending schools. When I first graduated from, after I graduated from my bartending school and they had job placement assistants, they tell me to go to these various restaurants and the restaurants w- would interview me and then say, you know, we're looking for somebody with more experience. And then exactly after the, All the time. after the third time I heard that, I finally blurted out, then why the hell did you call the bartending Academy? And exactly. <laughs> it just got exactly. frustrating. Yeah, I can understand that. But in uh, your school actually gives people experience uh, along with it. I, I think that's our advantage or that that's what I am very proud of because before my instructor, which is Kaylin now, before she even became a bartender, I had her do like about four to five events, which the 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 least amount of money she made in one event was like two hundred dollars in like six hours of just using the skills I taught her and pleasing the customers and uh, and you know what? It, it's made for some people and it's not for some people. You have to have a personality in this industry. If you don't like talking to people, this is not your craft. Sure. But uh, but if you, you enjoy having a conversation and enjoying uh, just making a cocktail, uh, it's easy to $300 a night. And experience is the biggest part which we provide. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um. So, okay, back to your uh, when you first started bartending. Um, well, since you uh, since you had uh have the bartending experience i'm sure that you've made your own drinks or created used that time to create your own drinks and uh every uh every show at the beginning i usually encourage my guests to give us a drink special for the show uh would you please help us uh help us out with that sure sure so this is um i can't say one of my favorite favorites but this is what i used to lean at when I used to bartend and when somebody came up and said, Jesse, make me a shot where I can't taste the alcohol, but I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to feel it. And I used to call this drink a gecko uh, because in 15 minutes, it could save you all this money or just take you away for a little while. <laughs> so this was called gecko. And uh, I'm going to run by the recipe you need. Uh, and this is for one of, well, I'm going to give you it for two shots because you can't have a shot by yourself. You got to share 
this with somebody. Right. Okay. So we're gonna go half an ounce of vodka, half an ounce of Midori or melon liqueur, half an ounce of rum, a splash of pineapple, shake it in ice and strain it into a glass. We'll give you a nice green color, beautiful, and it will taste like just juice that you're having on vacation somewhere. Yeah, uh, the, the mixture of the Midori and uh, the pineapple, yeah, that sounds like a dangerous shot where oh, yeah. uh, it would hit you when you least expect it. It, it, it would definitely sneak up on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> But it sounds like a great shot. Um, uh, just let my listeners know. I'll put the uh, put the recipe for that on the Hey Bartender podcast website in case you missed it. And uh, yeah, and uh, I may have to try that one out myself. That it sounds like a sneaker, and uh, I'm I have a extremely low to- tolerance for alcohol just because I never really practiced drinking. But uh, yeah, sounds That's great. That's a good problem. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that used to come up a lot uh, when I was bartending. They uh, people say, "What would you suggest?" And I'd say, "Honestly, I don't know because I don't drink." And they're like, "You're a bartender and you don't drink," and yeah, look yeah. at you like you got two heads. But uh, but it's embarrassing because I'm part Asian and uh, Asians typically turn bright red when they get alcohol in their system. So I totally <laughs> avoid it. Um, now. Uh, Kaylin was actually telling us about her poor test. And, uh, is it true that she still holds the record for, she does. Four? She, she, our, our, our time to be a certified bartender is 12 cocktails in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And Kaylin actually holds the title there and she's under four minutes to make that cocktail. Uh, 12 cocktails in seven minutes. She's, she's a, she's a speed devil. Yeah. With the personality. And she probably had, uh, she probably was one of the people that I should have been and did flashcards with all the drinks before the test. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> she's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only talking trash about her because I think she's still there with you. So <laughs> <laughs> she actually stepped out for a second. Okay. Now, um, back to your, uh, back to your bartending days. Now, uh, uh, it was a family owned restaurant that you were running the bar. Correct. And uh, what was uh, what was the bar like? The atmosphere and customers. So um, very diverse customers, but uh, the bar actually opened up at eight o'clock in the morning. Yes, uh, eight o'clock in the morning because we were right next to Prudential Financial Building in Newark, New Jersey. So all the office, uh, let's let's call the big heads, the VPs, the engineers, and all of them they they used to be at the bar at eight o'clock in the morning having their martinis having their breakfast sandwiches uh, at the bar. Uh, it would be so cool because sometimes I never left the bar. I slept there last night because I was running a party there until 3 in the morning. So they would come and uh, start my day off at 8 o'clock in the morning. I would make sure they're good. Uh, after that, the, after they leave, 11 o'clock, the construction guys come in because at that point, Newark was really uh, you know, doing the construction, developing, stuff like that. And I tell you right now, this is my experience, best tippers in the world are construction guys these guys are are working hard and they like to spend the, the, the uh, you know spend money for a good quality time and they would definitely take care of you um 
So we'll get some corporates, we'll get some construction, then we'll get some uh, after work crowd, uh, you know, for a happy hour. We'll run some karaoke, some comedy shows. After eight o'clock, Newark downtown used to empty out. All the corporates are gone. But guess what? There is colleges, Rutgers, Essex County, NJIT. And we turned the restaurant into a club at night. We moved all the tables downstairs. If you knew Jesse, you you were you were having a good time because uh, at the college parties we we were pretty packing house and uh, getting all the sororities and the fraternities you know coming down and enjoying themselves and uh, we we did a great job with it. But there's there's a difference between uh, college kids and construction workers. Is typically college kids are broke. Uh, you know what? They, they're definitely broke. Uh, so that's why you got to run those, the, the, the Long Island iced tea specials and the $2 shots and the, and the, absolutely the construction guys, you needed 10, 15 construction guys to make $200. You needed about a hundred college students to make $200. Yeah. And you're really slinging drinks for those college kids. So yeah. Yeah, you were slinging them. You were slinging them, but it, it was a good vibe. Man. It was two different experiences of customers that you can have. Well, I'm uh, just by what you just said that I'm really impressed that uh, you were able to change things around in your bar in order to maintain business. That doesn't happen oh, a lot in bars. Yeah. Night and day, yeah. In the morning, it used to look like a diner. If you came at night, you wouldn't even believe what this place is. You're like, is this the same place I have lunch at? And then you got all these college kids going crazy. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. That's great. Uh great way to save a business because uh, a lot of bars tend to keep their atmosphere. You know, some bars haven't changed in 40, 50 years and, but they, depending on their location, they manage to stay relevant. Sometimes they have to go out of business. Yeah. Speaking uh, of business uh, and all that stuff, how's your quarantine going? You know what? Uh, quarantine was probably the worst thing and the best thing that could happen to us because um, at the end of the day, when you run a business, you have to learn how to go over the storms. And this was a big storm for us. Uh, we had our schools shut down for two months. The bills don't stop. So you have to figure something out. But we realized that there's other ways to running classes. Uh, so we're actually going virtual now. We're doing a lot of recording of lessons, personalizing it for students, Spanish classes, English classes, Portuguese classes and bartending, um, you know, uh, certification classes where you can get trained online or uh, you can actually train online, spend less time in school and book your in-house training. So we've actually found out a way which will make our future better um, in a way where we have to we can train students uh more appropriately according to their schedule and uh, figure it out. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's great to do uh, online courses in order to uh, maintain business. Uh, I've heard, well, uh, like the grade schools and stuff like that have started doing like Zoom classes. Uh, are you just recording yeah. videos put put on YouTube? Or are you actually doing online courses? So we have a couple of different options. You can do an online course. You can do a Zoom live course you can do a online course with a hands-on training uh you can uh, uh basically you can basically be very flexible on what you want to do because honestly this is my, my my insight on it bartending definitely uh has to be hands-on uh, you know you can learn how to bartend 
through videos and stuff like that. But the end of, at the end of the day, if you don't have a bar to go into or you don't have a place where you can actually train and get ready for the pressure, then you're kind of missing out on that part because when you're working out there, it's time to make money, not lose money. So you need that little training, hands-on training at the end. So we're, we're, we're making it possible by creating other options. Right. Well, uh, one thing that your school, uh, from what I heard, that your school excels at, uh, one of the more important things that you have to learn is dealing with people. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and working, dealing and working with people. And uh, your school really gets into that, from what I'm told. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, customer service is our foundation. Uh, you're, uh, we're bartenders, and you know we're not. We're of course mixologists as well, but uh, most of the jobs are required to be a bartender, and bartender is about socializing, about dealing with people. So you know you got to be that person that's willing to listen, not talk. Uh, nobody wants to know your problems. You want, they want you to listen, and that's where we come in. Right. So, okay, uh, I have to know, when did you come up with the idea that you wanted to start your own bartending school? So there's a big, big craziness behind this. So by the time I was 24, I was doing very well, uh, very well in the sense of uh, dropped out of college, started bartending full-time, uh, I was 24 and, and I managed to save because I didn't have any other expenses. I lived at home and I freaking bartended. I slept there, woke up and worked. Uh, by the time I was 24, I had close to almost a half a million dollars saved up. Oh, uh, Yeah, great, great thing to have when you're 24. But uh, when you're 24, you think you're somebody if you have that kind of money and you get a little cocky about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. Uh, I bought a restaurant couple of blocks away from my restaurant, uh, which was our competition. We bought them out and I started running a, a restaurant about uh, when I was 24 and ran it for two years and everything that could go wrong in my life went wrong. So two years later, when I'm 26, I lost a half a million dollars. I, I blew everything I got and I did not know what to do with my life anymore. And I was just depressed. Mm-hmm. And then I did not want to bartend anymore because I worked till three, four in the morning. I saved so much money and I had nothing to show for, but I just didn't really know what to do with my life. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to bartend anymore. I'm not going to do parties anymore, but I'm going to start teaching people how to bartend. And the idea I got, uh, the way I got that idea was we hired a couple of waitresses that we really needed because we were really busy for lunch. And uh, the waitress was so interested in learning how to bartend. So I started teaching her. And she started helping me at night parties to bartend, and she was really good at it. And she never knew how to bartend, but she used to serve tables. And I saw how I kind of changed her life and how happy she was. So I started training more people, and I thought, let me go get her, let me get my license to teach. So it took me a year to go through the state, the process, and all that. Got got my license to teach. So I opened up my bartending school in my bar in Newark, New Jersey, about six years ago. Oh. I did. Perfect. Yeah, it was in my bar. And you know what? My regular customers were so pissed because they're like, what are you? You're a bar. You're actually a bar. Why? Why can't we sit at the bar? I, I, I told my customers, you can sit. You can't sit at the bar anymore. If you want to have a drink, you got to sit at the restaurant side. The bar is a school now. And everyone thought I was crazy. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I I kind of not. I kind of enjoyed teaching people and going home at a decent time than 
bartending and staying there till three, four in the morning. Mm. I taught one person. I got him certified. I got a job. Uh, again, I have a lot of connections. I have a lot of bar friends and bar owners and stuff like that. So I saw a couple of people. I got them a job. They made good money. They told some other people. In one year, I came from teaching three students, uh, three students a class to having a having a, at least my maximum was thirty two students in one class at one point. That's a lot of students so, for one guy to teach bartending. It was amazing. It was not only teaching, they were running my events for me at night too. So they were getting experience and making money. So the events thing started right away. The events were already going on and going. Oh, okay. That's great benefit. Yeah, events were already on and going. So I just built on that. Uh, It's been five years in total me running the school now. In the past five years, uh, I managed to purchase 90% of the bartending schools in New Jersey. Uh, the, the crazy part is the school that I went to, National Bartending School in Woodbridge, New Jersey, I just purchased them last year. So I actually purchased the school I went to school at. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's Thank cool. you. It uh, was an awesome feeling. So right away when the students come in and start learning from you, you uh, do you spend like a week with them or uh, two weeks before you throw them out into the fire and actually serving customers? Or do you so, just... Yeah. Um, at least the, the first day of class, if, if once students come in, uh, I, I make sure I'm there the first day, even if I am not there in the beginning. So I introduce them to myself. Uh, I introduce myself to them. I let them know what I have going on and how I can make them a part of my puzzle. And uh, I, I pay very detailed attention on them because they have a midterm, they have a final, and they have a speed drill that they have to do. While they're doing all these processes, I have all my schools hooked up with cameras. So when they're practicing, I'm watching in or I'm having my uh, instructors let me know who's good or who's training or who's like really passionate from a court. from there, we start plugging them in into different opportunities. They might be interested in right off the bat. I feel like once you just join our company, there's no reason to wait till you graduate. Why? Let, let me expose you to the real world right now. And let me see how you handle it. If you mess up, that's the best lesson you can get. Absolutely. So we put them out as soon as we can. Uh, and it gains them experience right away. I, uh, that's, that's it. I mean, my, my goal is to give them experience because if I give them experience or I get one of my bars that we're running to give them experience, that's what's valuable, the experience. So if they can get experience and some, you know, like, you know, if you have a personality, you got half of the battle there. Right. You know, so if they got personality and they come to class on time, they're, they're trustable. Uh, let's put them out. Let's see how they do. And if they do great, then they're going to progress. Sure. Now, like I was saying before, uh, when I came out of the bartending Academy, they didn't give us the valuable experience that you give your students. And I was having a little bit of trouble finding work. Do you encourage your students to mention that they worked for, uh, work for your bar or your events or yes, uh, uh, absolutely. So, uh, on their resume, because we give them the experience, uh, our event staff company is called famous events NYC. So on the resume, uh, once I have approved it and I've seen their training and they have done some kind of events for me, 
I uh, encourage them to put famous events as a reference on their resume. That uh, I'm sure opens a lot more doors than just somebody who said they went to a bartending school and looking there for their first job. It, it adds up. I mean, if you went to a bartending school and you say, show that to someone that's going to hire you, they're, I mean, nine out of 10 times, they're probably going to laugh at you and be like, haha, why'd you go to bartending school? But I'm trying to change that because you know what? Uh, is bartending school important? I think so. Absolutely. It's better than learning from a guy that's working at a bar that doesn't know what the hell he's doing and fucking up that martini. So um, you're better learning from a professional and knowing and having the backbone uh, of confidence that you know how you're making a drink and getting some experience with it. Sure. Now, one of the more important things, my, my instructor at my school, she was a very seasoned bartender from way back. And she said okay, I'm only going to spend about an hour on this. I wish I could spend more. But uh, one thing that I enjoy teaching is cu customer service. And she went over a couple basic details of how she managed her customer service, how she uh, presented her drinks, how she would listen for the ice in their glasses to make a certain sound so she would sure. hear right away, oh, that person's about to need another drink. How do yeah. you... Uh, how do you teach that in your school? Okay, that, that's really, really great because customer service is our foundation. Um, so first thing uh, that I uh, definitely tell all my students, your money is your customers. First thing you need to know is you need to know their name and you need to remember their name. So if a customer walks in, you, you know, if it's the first time for the customer, ask them their name, write it down somewhere. And to remember, let's just say the customer was wearing, of course, you're going to get like 10 customers, 15 customers in your bar. You can't remember everyone's name, but I used to write down, okay, so that's Jack. I asked him his name. That's Jack. And Jack's wearing a red hat. So at the end of the day, if I need to call Jack, I look at the red hat. I look at my notes. Oh, red hat named Jack. And I call him by his name and he's already impressed. He's like, oh, he, the bartender knows my name. Second thing I'm going to write down is his favorite drink or his go-to drink. So uh, Jack uh, Jack comes in and orders the apple martini. I call him by his name. I get to know him a little bit. He leaves. Next day he comes in. I see him out the window. If I can see him out the window, I have his apple martini ready on the bar because I know that's what Jack drinks. And the minute he walks in, hey, Jack, you got your drink on the bar ready. You know, you just made, instead of, beside the tip, you just created so much confidence for that customer to bring his other friends and family in there because you just treated him like a million bucks. Right. And why wouldn't you want to show off that? Right. You know? So things like that are very important. You got to know your customer's name. You got to know their drinks. You got to know their pet's name. You got to know their, a little bit what's going on in their life. So interacting and socializing with your guests is very important. It is 80% of your money. That kind of reminds me, uh, one of my bosses actually got mad at me because I would try to do the same thing. I, uh, take, uh, take notes on who the customers were like, um, you know, this, this person, let's say her, uh, his name was Tom and he always drinks Bud Lights and he has a mustache. Uh, but I got in trouble one time because I didn't know the woman and it, uh, you know, it could have gotten me in a lot of trouble and probably in worse trouble nowadays. But she came in, uh, found out her name was, let's say, Kathy. She drank Chardonnay. And for 
some reason, I at the time, I thought it was appropriate to write on the ticket boobs. And, oh, uh, man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my boss... You forgot saw, to take that one out of the ticket. Yeah. My uh, my boss came over and saw that, and he said, Dude, would you rewrite that ticket? Jeez, you can't yeah, put yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, that's how yeah. I'm going to remember her. And he said, just... Knock it off. You make a couple of mistakes and it won't happen again, but uh, that's the costly one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, nothing but respect for women, I swear to God, but that's... Yeah. (laughs) But you ingrain that in your students to uh, give them hints on how to remember their customers and how to... Of course, I give them ideas how to do it, not particularly use what I'm saying, but absolutely don't get in trouble, but try to come up with some things. Yeah, um, Yeah, I used to forget names constantly uh and it ended up on the point of sale system that i would just put what they're wearing or uh i think one girl uh her catchphrase was oh my god you heard it constantly throughout the night and so i put on the point of sale system oh my god and uh the other bartenders automatically knew who she was but then they tapped me on the shoulder later and that's not her name i know i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) But um, now you've told us about the bar side of your school uh, where you're teaching your students drinks, customer service, and uh, the basics. Now you have a mixology side to your school. Sure. And yeah. so tell, tell us about that. So in the bartending classes, we go over the basics, the regular stuff you're going to see. Then we take it up a notch. If are you really interested into learning the craft uh if you are then we actually do a mixology class for our uh high-end customers so like i said we do have a event staff company we get regular bartending gigs then we get rooftop parties and fancy events so at this event we have a particular menu like a smoking old-fashioned and a strawberry basil smash so some complicated cocktails where I introduce all the students are, that are, uh, you know, interested in learning more and working for the events uh, at high end levels. Uh, we, you know, we teach them the craft of it, and we get into the mixology of it. Uh, if you're a regular bartender, you get X amount of dollars. If you're one of my mixologists and spend the time and the energy to learn the mixology aspect of it, how to use dry ice and how to smoke a cocktail, stuff like that, uh, we get into details, and that's where we use like Kaylin. She's one of our special mixologist Uh, she i mean i can use her for regular events but she's my golden ticket like i send her to my good events and uh, upscale events where you're making good money and you're dealing with a high-end crowd where uh, these specialty cocktails are going to be reflected on sure now uh she also mentioned that uh at the mixology on the mixology side you also teach presentation and flair yes so Tip certification is one of them, uh, which is the alcohol awareness course. And then uh, flare class, you can, uh, you know, if you're at a rooftop party, I want you to impress your guests a little bit. So, uh, um, you know, a flare class, we have the mixology class. So we want you to know the rules, regulations. We know, want you to have the mixology level down, and we definitely uh, want you to make sure you're, you know, infusing the drinks right. Right. Now, when it comes to flair, uh, I thought that was a big deal back in the 80s because of that movie Cocktail. And yes. pretty, pretty much TGI Fridays was 
the only bar that I knew of that stressed you must be able to throw bottles and do tricks and stuff like that. Um, and I personally thought it went away until uh, maybe uh, early 2000s because I, then I started hearing about like bartender flair competitions. And does, does it come up quite a bit uh, in the bar scene nowadays? We get a lot of uh, uh, requests for private corporate events where they want uh, people that can flare competitions. Uh, last year, I went to a Vegas, uh, once a year Vegas concert where mixologists and flares come out. It's a very big, a very big uh, technique to learn. Uh, you can definitely make money and entertain guests. And that's what the industry we're in to entertain people. Mm hmm. Uh, we tried to do that at one of the bars that I worked at years ago, but uh, the ceilings were a bit low for us to throw bottles, but we could do like basic spins and stuff like that. So I really never got into it, but I've watched uh, uh, recently since I started this podcast, I've been watching a lot of videos where s some of these people do uh, tricks that like defy gravity and, you know, using like four shakers and a bottle all at the same time. Uh, how, how deep does the training in flare really get? Oh, very deep. The guy that teaches our flare class is a uh, second place winner in the 2016 competition. So he definitely has the skills and the ability to teach all the students. It's unlimited training. You can come back and train more onto the flare lesson if you wanted to. So uh, definitely to get a grip on it. You were talking a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, you you want your the students that stand out to work for you, uh, to represent your business at the events. What do you sure. what do you expect? Uh, what are you looking for when you uh, look at your students? Personality is the first thing. Uh, after that, um, just the craft making uh, aspect of it. And at the end of the day, what we do is. After the event is over, we follow up with the customers to get some feedback, to find out, you know, how they enjoyed the service. So we do a thorough inspection on how the quality went because uh, I would want my bartender to, you know, represent us very well and make this party literally um, like our name is famous. So every time you hire our staff, your party should be something you're showing off to people. Sure. Your guests. Now, Speaking on uh, about myself, though, when I went to Bartending Academy, the idea of becoming a bartender kind of came to me because I wanted to become less of an introvert than I was back, way back when. And I thought being behind the bar actually be forcing myself to interact with people would uh, help that out. Since you're looking for that, uh, looking for people to join your team, so to say, if you notice that somebody is a little bit more introverted than uh than you would like do you tend to work with them absolutely i mean you really don't know someone's skills till you put them to the test so hey at the end of the day if they mess up a little bit at the uh they're learning and I, we're learning as the company so we want to know what happened you can learn a little bit why did the customer not feel comfortable or not enjoy themselves and uh at the end of the day you don't try it you won't know it so that's why this is a school you make you you make your mistakes here, and yes, uh, we do the events, and if you do the mistakes, you mess up in real world, and the best way to learn is from your mistakes. 
So that's the way we actually like to do stuff, and we'd like to take the risk and put you out there to see how how you perform. Have you ever had a uh, nightmare student that, sure, they seemed like they were outgoing, they might know their drinks, but it just ended poorly? Oh, absolutely. A couple of times. I've sent people, sent students out there, and uh, at the end of the day, hey, look, as a bartender, it's really good to have fun and enjoy yourself. But you can't get carried away, and some people do get carried away. I had a situation where my bartender got drunk at an event, and it, it wasn't a, a very good good look. It was horrible. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's things that come with the 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 business. Um, so you get to learn some people and you get to see how serious they're taking it. If they're getting bombed at an event, um, maybe they don't need to bartend or don't need to do it professionally. Do it just for fun for them for themselves and not make it a profession. Because at the end of the day, you're you're making businesses and other people at risk. I bet that's a tough conversation to have with a student, no matter who they are. Absolutely. But on the other side of the coin, of course, you probably had some bright, shining students other than Kalen that uh, made, that you're excited to work with that uh, or excited to see go out into the real world also, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, we had one event, uh, which before the quarantine happened, it was on March 4th, a company called Liberty Travel hired uh, our, our team to do 12 different events in one day. And I sent all of my students that actually were taking the mixology class and sent them all out. And I paired them up in a way where I got the, the really good one and the one that needed a little experience but needed a little cushion. So we kind of try to use them together so they don't feel like they're out there on their own on their first event. Do you encourage like a family type atmosphere or uh, encourage everybody to all your students to get along when they're in their classes or work together? You know what? We, we create that atmosphere. Like we're a team, we're a family. If you mess, one person messes up, everyone's going to take that hit. So we do a lot of competitions in class when we're doing the training where it's a team building competition. So that is really important because the bartender that's, uh, two bartenders that are, that are hosting a party of a hundred people, you got to learn how to work together and work as a team. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos. Well, it's the same thing with working uh, working in a restaurant itself. You, uh, you, exactly. You, your waitresses, your cooks, your bouncers—you're all family, and you're all you're all helping each other out. And if one of you fails. That drink doesn't Someone's get out. Pick up that load. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that drink doesn't get out. The customer's upset, or somebody came in with a bad ID, and then the cops come, and all that stuff. Uh, it's yeah. It's really encouraging of family type environment. And, oh, absolutely. But I was also hearing uh, about the poor tests that you actually do try to make them experience real world by allowing the other students to be the worst customers on the face of the planet. Yes. So that's when our final, that's when our final exam comes in uh, to make sure you are ready for the real world. Uh, Your instructors, your, your students in class are encouraged. And, and you can see that on some of our YouTube videos uh, when we put up that famous bartending on exams, uh, the instructors and the students are the, the biggest asshole customers that you're going to get. And your job is to keep a smile on your face and push them out because it's not going to be a gravy world out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I loved the story that Kaylin was saying that she, one of her students ran out the door and then came back and said, uh, I've lost my son. Has anybody seen Nemo? That That's not something that I would expect to come up. <laughs> and uh, But that's a great lesson. Uh, when I heard about that, I was like, well, when I did my poor test, it was just me and the instructor. And, yeah. uh, so you don't get that real experience with you and the instructor. I'm sure the nerves and all that is there, but what, what about the other noise that's going to happen? What about that person that's uh, sitting at the end of the bar and wants to, wants you to turn on the TV or find out what, what the cut's doing or what the special of the day is and stuff like that. So we throw those comments in there. We, we, we make it as real as possible. Or maybe even throw in playing the same damn song on the jukebox over and over and exactly. over again. Exactly. <laughs> so all bartenders experience that. Uh, my personal song that I used to love, but because of uh, bartending, I grew to hate it, was Freebird by Leonard Skinner. And it just seemed like it got played every 15 minutes, and I was getting so sick of it. It would actually affect my night. <laughs> oh, man. No, I totally understand that. Memories come back with that one. We are going to take a quick break and introduce this week's musical guest. By the way, sorry, Leonard Skinner, I have nothing but respect for you and your band. Your song just got overplayed because your fans are uh, really dedicated to you. But anyway, this week's musical guest, uh, uh, coming from Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, it's from their album, Stand Up. Here is Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound with their song, Helpless. Don't back down, don't, don't Send 
from their album Stand Up, that was Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound with their single Helpless. If you want to find out more about Roxy and, and the Underground Soul Sound, head on over to bandcamp.com and check out their discography and find a way to get to their website, roxyandtheundergroundsoulsound.com, and you can find ways to contact them there too. Go check them out now. Let's get back to the interview with Jesse Singh, director of the famous bartending school in New York, Newark, New Jersey. Almost said called it New York, New Jersey. I think I think it could kill me for that. Now you're the first uh, uh, you're the first bartending school that I've heard do this thing. Uh, has uh, do people come from other states to uh, join your curriculum or? Uh, well, we're we're pretty well based off in uh, New Jersey. Uh, we're spread out in North, Central, and South Jersey. So we, we get students even from uh, almost the Pennsylvania area coming here. New York City comes here. Uh, so we get a wide variety of uh, students. And again, I, I think the plus point here is the experience you're going to get. You can go to any bartending school, of course. You can get the training. But are you going to get that real training, that hands-on experience, which you're going to be able to run a party Without being, I mean, you're going to be nervous on your first one, but at the end of the day, are you going to have the confidence? So uh, we take pride in that. Uh, no bartender that's going to graduate our school is is ever, uh, no bar owner is ever going to give us a call at a private event and say, your bartender doesn't know how to do this or doesn't know how to do that or couldn't push out a drink. Uh, we, we definitely take pride in that because um, this, this is wh- what we live for. Now this sounds like, uh, like in my current life right now, I have to uh, go to various classes for certifications and uh, to upgrade my status as uh, where I'm at in my job. It it would sound like that this school would also, in, you know, be a good thing for people that currently work into restaurants and somebody that says, "I want to try bartending," and then the restaurant says, "Okay, you want to try bartending? Go to this school first, and then absolutely because." Your curriculum sounds impressive, and uh, the experience that you get from it is—I've never heard that come from a bartending school personally. But yes, uh, the thing that um, the, the the students that we see a lot are usually waitresses, barbacks, busboys, uh, trying to improve their uh, skills. On top of that, climb the ladder, and then we get a. A lot of nurses and a lot of teachers that like to take the course because they're usually working less hours throughout the day and have time in the evening. So we definitely get a whole variety of students coming in to train because they know the training from word of mouth. The training is intense. It's fun and it's unlimited. So once you once you sign up with us, no one is going to fail. You might take longer than the other person uh, and there's no extra charge for you. Uh, but we're going to make sure you're the best of our ability to put you out before we let you go out. Otherwise, you're not going to go out till we're done with you. Now, did you start out as an instructor for your school or did you have help? No, I started off as an instructor. I instructed for at least a year and a half before I started hiring help and got into a position where I would need a lot of instructors. At this point, uh, I instruct three different schools, but I personally don't instruct them. I have awesome instructors 
that take care of it. And my job is to get them a job. So that's what I focus on is communicating with bar owners and just keeping a good relationship with everyone to make sure I can provide the best uh, bartenders out in the tri-state area. So I I saw it on your website that you also teach the classes in different languages. Yes. So we teach the bartending uh, classes in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Uh, So if, um, you know, and we do get a lot of students that speak Spanish and the bars that, uh, you know, uh, predominantly, mostly everyone's speaking Spanish. So we have uh, we have a lot of uh, students that take classes in Spanish or Portuguese or, uh, you know, in English. So we accommodate all of them. Oh, that's great. Sounds like pretty much the only thing that you're missing is like, a, I don't know, a martial arts class uh, to handle drunks. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on a dancing class coming soon. I, I feel like uh, we get a lot of people that are great dancers. So I was thinking about starting a dancing class too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for those coyote ugly moments, sure. You know. <laughs> well, um, I've asked everything that I uh, can possibly think of. The, uh, this was an excellent interview. Right now, I'd like to give you a chance to uh, plug yourself, plug your school, tell people where they can find it. Uh, okay all right awesome anthony first of all thank you so much for having me on the show not a problem uh and giving me the opportunity and uh coming from um the school aspect uh, guys i am my name is jesse singh uh, i am the director of famous bartending school mix em up bartending school national bartending school basically all the bartending schools in new jersey and our job is to make sure we can get you a job if you're looking to work in this industry or just trying to learn something in the street. So if you can give us the chance to prove ourselves and show you what we can do, check out our Instagram, which is famous underscore bartending underscore school, our YouTube page, which is famous bartending school, uh, famous bartending or my cell phone number. Give me a call. Let's chat. Let me know if this is something that you're interested in and I would love to help. And my personal cell phone number is nine zero eight four two five five seven nine two i am very driven and very passionate about this industry so if i can be your help in the tri-state area i'm all yours okay perfect up in the tri-state area according to my analytics for this show uh, i do have quite a few listeners in uh, new york so hopefully that gets the word out i hope so yeah so anyway once again thank you so much for being on the show and taking your time out of your uh time out of your weekend uh, it is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm happy that you were able to do the show, and uh, you know, you probably uh, hopefully you didn't have plans to go to the beach or something like that. No, not <laughs> not not this Memorial Day, but uh, very appreciative of uh, being on your show. I hope to uh, work with uh, with your company in the future, and uh, hopefully, we can build together. Definitely, that sounds like a plan to me. All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. So get your orders in now, otherwise you're going to miss your chance. First of all, I'd like to thank Jesse Singh for being on the show, telling us about his school. If you want more information on uh, Famous Bartending School, just contact him. All the information was right there on the podcast, and he sounds like he'll talk to pretty much anybody directly. So you don't. there's no secretary, there's no messages. Just if you've ever thought about brushing up your skills a little bit more or... Uh, even want to get into the business and you've been listening to my podcast just wondering what it's all about, go talk to him and you can actually get the true experience to really get yourself out there. 
I'd also like to thank Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound for letting me use their single Helpless. You can remember, you can go check them out on bandcamp.com along with all their discography and find ways to contact them, uh, especially their website, Rock, Roxy and the Underground Soul Sound.com. Uh, if you want to uh, know more about Hey Bartender Podcast, if you want to check us out a little bit more, you can follow us on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm not on Twitter a lot, so let's just forget about that. Uh, also, don't forget to hit our webpage, heybartenderpodcast.com. There you can uh, find uh, see the drinks from this particular episode. It's usually up for a little while. And also check out some Hey Bartender merchandise. It's up to you. But until next time, everybody, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast and helping me stay relevant and keeping me confident that this show uh, has potential. And uh, that means a lot to me. But uh, as usual, I got to end the show the way I always do. I got to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here!